You're listening to Creativity in the Capital, a Solving Sacramento podcast. I'm your host, Casey Rafter with Solving Sacramento. On this show, we find two artists or creatives in the Sacramento area and pair them together to discuss their successes, their struggles, and how they feel they fit into the Sacramento creative community. The two strangers are provided a list of questions, and off they go. For the first episode of Creativity in the Capital, we've paired up Anthony Krutzkamp and Rami Sunga. Anthony Krutzkamp is the Artistic Executive Director of the Sacramento Ballet, established in 1954. Sac Ballet is known best for its annual productions of The Nutcracker, though it fills its calendar with other classic and contemporary ballets. Krutzkamp's start in ballet was with the Cincinnati Ballet at 18, where he rose to the rank of principal dancer. After retiring from dancing from the Kansas City Ballet, he became head of that organization's second company. He took the helm of Sac Ballet in July 2021. Rami Sunga is the co-founder of Dance on the Edge, a free family event that offers large group lessons in salsa, bachata, merengue, and cumbia. Dance on the Edge hosts a monthly night of lessons in Old Sacramento called Latin Dance Night at the Waterfront, where attendees can enjoy one of the cooler parts of Sacramento while moving their hips. The group has also expanded to other locations in the Sacramento area. Sunga, an L.A. native, got his start in Latin dance when he joined the Salsa Club at Sacramento State. Having never met before, the two recently convened in a quiet office in the University Union at Sac State to talk about connecting with audiences on a personal level and growing their two worlds of dancers beyond their perceived potential. They got the conversation going first by trading some marketing ideas. With Dance on the Egg, we do a lot of grassroots marketing. So not necessarily a lot of the traditional sense of marketing. Social media is where we're at. And so we do a lot of behind the scenes or showing the story of how these events are programmed and developed. And so that's how we get a lot of our fan base to come out and, and support us. That's really great. Yeah. We, well, we go the traditional path when it comes to the company, but definitely in the school. Yeah. In the second company. I mean, they do some great things. I mean, they figured <laughs> out that spray chalk is actual chalk, which is legal mm. to spray on sidewalks. So you can follow the point shoes to our school. That's awesome. You can follow the swan to Swan Lake. Or like, oh, that's <laughs> actually really fun. I was like, this is really smart. Don't get arrested. With a lot of the city stuff, too, I, I learned to work with the property business improvement districts. They're called PBITs for mm-hmm. short. They're usually like, hey, oh, if you're going to do some type of promotion, it's not being an obstacle towards our people or the or the, the residents or the businesses. There. They're like, yeah, just do it. And then so we'll cool. kind of give you the paperwork to kind of give you the, the covering or the liability sake. But they, they're down for those simple stuff because in a placemaking thought process those chalks or whatever you do mm-hmm. on the floor that is something that makes it not just advertising for you but it's like people who come by who've never been to city are like what is why is there why is there and then now they're like taking selfies in front of it they're like yeah, yeah we want that to increase tourism absolutely actually we're running out of things to do grassroots way sometimes because i'm having trouble actually getting people past let's say Folsom, right Folsom okay. is my ending point for most shows now not cracker people drive in from reno but just like the really amazing contemporary shows where people don't actually know what we do. Like if they came to it, they'd be like, wait, this is dance? Hmm. Folsom. The causeway might as well be the Mojave Desert. 
<laughs> right? That's our big thing is like we got to get advertising past those spots because people will not drive a certain amount. There's yeah. a spot they stop. I've been reading a lot about that. Mega, we're a mega region, right? Yeah. But like there's 4 million people in 50 miles. I need to make it to 25. Yeah. yeah. I need like to reach this 50. Yeah, so that's like that's my struggles right now is that like how do I get people to get in the car and come down? Yeah. How, you know? Yeah. Obviously, no cracker has its own prestige. Just the mm-hmm. name itself. Everyone's aware of it. But with the other contemporary stuff, is this like new progressive? Like I saw that you have visions in, in yes. March and I was trying to learn more details on it. The, de- the description itself was very vague, and I was like, yeah. so is this more, is Sac Valley doing modern works now, or? Yeah. Okay, modern is a genre. I know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So, I would say contemporary, but they're being built, mm-hmm. you know? So, you can only put as many descriptive words as you want. I, I like this idea of, like, made in Sac, right? Yeah. So, uh, that way, every time, say the piece is amazing, somebody else wants to buy the intellectual property from the choreographer. Mm-hmm. Well, everything comes from Sacramento. The lighting design, the sets, the costumes, the everything, right? Nice. But it's I'm, I'm definitely putting my focus more towards, like, we want everything made here. Plus, it's, it's much cooler for the artists. <laughs> I like what you said, though. Like, more descriptive of how and why yeah. rather than what contemporary is. Maybe people don't understand. Yeah, I would say, like, I'm thinking of it towards the Latin dancers or people who like more of a salsa. The, yeah. the street, almost uh, partner dancing style. Like, to them, they're like, what does contemporary mean? And and uh, <laughs> and uh, and the reason why I think that way is because when uh, when I say salsa, everyone knows what salsa is. That's true. That, that's like ballet, right? The Nutcracker. Everyone knows it. But when I say bachata, merengue, cumbia, they're like, what? What? what, what? And we're like, oh, these are different styles that fall within the Latin genre, and this is how they progress. By the way, did you know uh, for bachata, it used to only be dance and speakeasies. It's like no one was allowed to dance it in public, and then it became a, a common thing in the early 2000s. And so when we hit them with those stories, the, almost the historian facts, they're like, whoa, that's that's kind of cool. And now like it's everywhere. It's, it's the biggest thing after salsa. Salsa was in the 90s, bachata's in the 2000s. You find it in Ukraine, you find it anywhere. Like all over like the world people are doing bachata going back to like uh the nutcracker and then like with visions or other contemporary stuff like if we if you could find a a a story to tell them uh i really like that you're using your own company members as the choreographers and creative idea uh ideators for it because that's that's kind of what's pulling our own people here to Sacramento for dance on the edge is that a we're using local dancers here and local djs here and local vendors here we are doing the modernized version of it but Mm -hmm. we're still you know paying homage to the originals. And so we'll have people drive down from Chico, come up from uh, Fresno, come from Reno, come from Bay Area for a one-night event. And uh, and they'll just be dancing from 6 to 10 p.m. and then they leave again. Yeah, how do you pick your venues? Our venues, um, it... It was by accident, to be honest. <laughs> it was by accident. We started off, so the way that we ended up being in Old Sack on the Embarcadero space where we're at now, uh, before we became officially Dance on the Edge, our friends were just playing Pokemon Go, and they're like, hey, what if we just dance out here near the, near the river? Oh, whoa. And so this was before we knew anything about permitting. This was before we knew anything about the process of working with the city or the district. Mm-hmm. And so they did that event. 20 people showed up. Uh, Gorilla Marketing through Facebook. Uh, and then... It went from 20 people to 40 people yeah. to 100. And uh, eventually I got involved and we're like, 
we need to cover our liabilities. So that's how we started the LLC for it. That's great. But we're not business people. We just knew that we need to cover our liability. Uh, so now we're learning the business. But in terms of the venue, uh, what happened there was uh, the district uh, director from uh, downtown, downtown Sac Partnership and OTAC Mao, they noticed that we were bringing in a lot of foot traffic. Mm-hmm. And they noticed that we were one of those scrappy lean groups that were like, yeah, just tell us where we could do something and then we'll just bring our friends and our people yeah. in. And uh, uh, they were like, can you try out this space in front of the railroad museum on the street? And we're like, yeah, we can do that. It's within some type of budget. We'll just pay for the, the road closure. <laughs> and then we found out that the railroad didn't like it because there was too much music vibrations for their stuff inside. So there was a concern for some of the historical items there. And then that's when they uh, renovated the entire Embarcadero space because it used to be all wooden uh, yeah, that's right. platform. So before they even did their ribbon cutting, we got in there as an unofficial or the informal first activations there. And and from that, we just kept building upon it. Uh, we went from Old Sack and then we got in front of the West Sack, um, our West Steps of the Capitol Steps. Mm-hmm. And then we got in uh, Midtown near the Cantina Alley. We closed up the entire alley space. And then we just started like, how can we do those grassroots marketing that I mentioned to just get more communities to be like, hey, this is in my neighborhood. I want to come out. And it was all, just all from hobby and fun. And uh, we oh, were just we be. were just chasing it. We were just chasing. We want to do more. We want to do more. Yeah. And it's like, as long as the permitting cost is kind of covered <laughs> or we could pay for it some way, let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. smart, though. I mean, the idea that the creative economy is helping you go where you need to go for your venues. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because people know yeah. this. We're bringing people somewhere. Yeah. Right? Hey, and I can have 80 people in front of this restaurant. Yeah. So that's one of my, my talking points. I'm like, well, our foot traffic for our OTAC event is between 1,000 to 1,500 in the span right. of four hours. We know that uh, on at any given moment, I could count how many people are on the dance floor and just going to be over 300 people there staying for right. over two hours. So you have a dedicated... Well, once we pulled in statistics, we didn't know how to pull statistics. We're like, what are, what are these numbers? <laughs> right? We're just like, look how cool the crowd is. <laughs> but once we started learning, yeah. like, oh, this is the language that the businesses want to hear or the or the local uh, city reps want to hear, then they're, they're more bought in because they see the tourism benefits and the economic uh, benefits from the storefronts. Yeah. And then um, when we hit them that people drive two, three hours away to get to us for one day event, Excuse me. Right. Sometimes on a Friday when you get off work from Chico and then you drive all the way back, all the way down to us just to dance for an hour or two, and then you have to drive back that same night. Yeah, that's hardcore. There's an interest or a commitment to just experiencing the music, experiencing the dance uh, that's available, made available to our people. Going back to people mm-hmm. you're trying to reach, it's uh, trying to give them that storytelling of how the contemporary or the work is being developed with your artists. And then also telling them, like, this is how you could actually be part of that, too. So we right. we let our our audience members know, like, hey, this thing, we're just, we're, we're pretty much the stage for you. We're putting up the backdrop, lighting and spotting and all that, that stuff for you. But you're really the one on the stage. Yeah, you're that's really the, the difference. One that's I got to I gotta have people buy in yeah. to the fact that they're going to watch someone's artistry not be. Mm-hmm. And they're, it's a story yeah, within course. itself, no yeah. matter how avant-garde it is, right? But it's people buying into the fact that I'm going to live vicariously through these artists, right? Not showing up and being part of the artwork. I mean, you are, yeah. but you're not. You're exactly. Not producing yeah, yeah. It, right? Yeah. And which is easy. Like I said, Nutcracker, <laughs> Cinderella, Swan Lake, you name it. People are going to come in. People come in from really far away, right? Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I just always think about where we can go 
Sacramento is bigger than we give it credit for. It's huge. It's it, huge. I, I, I feel in terms of arts, performing arts, uh, at least in the Latin dance world, we're underrated. Yeah, so I, I agree 1,000%. Um, we have Celtic champions who are local here, world Celtic champions, multi-time Celtic champions, people who have been on national TV at the highest level. And and people are like, oh, what's in Sacramento? And I'm like, you don't get it. <laughs> when when the West Coast salsa and bachata or Latin dance artists are going on tour to prepare for the bigger stages, they have to go through Sacramento. So how do we tell that story to it? It's I think I've been really big on storytelling recently. Yeah. So I've been, no, I've been doing good. a lot of research. What other main challenges are you facing? I want so much for our artists. One thing you always ask yourself in your final performance when you're bowing is, am I as good as I could have been? One of the major challenges I have is you can have a room of 21 people. Every single person is different. Some people had a bad day. Some per- one, one person slept poorly. Their back hurts, right? How do I get the best out of each one of them? through each season, through each quarter, through each day. How do you draw the... And and also for them to let go. How do you trust your technique and just go with the art, the expression, trying new things? Some people are so afraid that if they try something new, I'm going to uncast them. Especially younger artists, right? They're, They're deviating from this idea. No, you have to. That's what makes you you. Yeah. That's what, like, you know, we, we can memorize a dance together. All three of us, we're all going to do it differently. And just to getting them to, to let go in that sense, because it's, for them, it's high stakes. Um, they gave up their lives and moved. They became Sacramentans. I mean, some of them came from the Philippines, some from Australia, to move to our city to do this thing. They don't want to lose this opportunity. At the same time, i got to make sure the show is phenomenal if the show's not phenomenal i don't have a job (laughs) (laughs) that's got to be one of my main focuses not only take care of the artist but the show has to be amazing right like how do you get them to draw that line of phenomenal ability but also putting their own artistry into it inside of a box right because i'm not doing all the choreography I mean, we're hiring people to come like Andrea Shermley. He's on Rusin's flying from Switzerland. And the artistry has to fit in his vision. But there's wiggle room. It's got to fit in that box. Maybe we'll make the box a little bigger. See how he feels about it. Right? That's a big challenge for me on the artist level. I wish they could realize how much they could push the limits on things. You could say it out loud. But you just need three people to do it before. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I think it's also like, because if you say it, they're like, that's the boss telling me. <laughs> right? And you, I may want to agree with you, but like, I feel like I have to agree with you. But right. like, you need that older I need someone who's yeah. a peer or a mentor. The senior yeah. dancer. And then like, oh, it's fine. I'm, I'm going to go first. <laughs> and then ducklings will follow me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's just, um, and then uh, on the other side of things, my other head executive wise, um, I, I, I want to tour. And there's a lot of barriers for touring right now coming out of the pandemic. The Joffrey Valley in Chicago mm-hmm. goes to Berkeley, yep. right? That's a contract they signed. You could actually do small tours in your state. And for me, I'm having trouble breaking that wall down because what I want is think how good an artist could be. We got four shows in town, but what if we went to four other cities? And 16 extra shows, <laughs> you know? So if you can give them more and more and more opportunity to perform, they're only going to become, maybe they'll become too good for us. And that's yeah. okay, and too. Maybe, graduate. Maybe, right. well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they go to a bigger company. Yeah. Okay. 
I'm fine with that. Look, good for you. I will come to your show and watch you. Support for Creativity in the Capital comes from the Sacramento Business Journal, which features local business news about our region. The Sacramento Business Journal also provides tools to help businesses grow, network, and hire. Read more at bizjournals.com forward slash Sacramento. Because I definitely understand the need for the business side mm-hmm. or the company side and then the need for the individual uh, artist side. Um, have, have you considered maybe... Those smaller shows, the touring acts or even local acts that uh, you could kind of like, hey, you're you're taking point on a creative idea for our one of these smaller shows. Well, you can. Yeah, you can. Like, you can. Yeah. I mean, there's there's limitations to that by by contract too. Oh yeah. Right by contract, and you know you you can look for somebody to lead, but they have to take that first step because <laughs> even the contracts. 40 pages long. In my career, I was in a company that was ranked. You begin as an apprentice, you become a corps de ballet for the all, right? Then you become a soloist, a senior soloist, and a principal. Yeah. It's an expectation nobody has to talk to you about as a principal. It's, it's what is expected in the business. We're, we're an ensemble. So you have to pick to, to pop the bubble. You got. You can put trust into people, but I can't directly say yeah, yeah. this is you. We do have some leaders in there. I just wish it trickled down a little faster. Because <laughs> uh, they're wonderful, um, but it's it comes with age too, right? What about you? There's two. So one challenge is obviously the the company has to make money to cover. Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, we only care about covering costs, right? right. Uh, but at a certain point, covering costs, like costs increase as uh, one, the artists themselves gain more experience and they're being called for other shows or other events. And then two, the permitting costs or, or just inf- uh, inflation overall. People see us as a nonprofit community mm-hmm. organization when we're not uh, because... We just started off as a hobby, and we just fought LLC to cover liability. <laughs> there was no structure or strategy, right? There's no, we're going to be a 501c3 so we could get these kind of grants to work with these strategic partners. Right. There was nothing like that. This is all stuff that we're learning as we go. People just see us. The city leaders, the nonprofit leaders, chambers, uh, mm-hmm. they all see us as, as nonprofit. So they're like, hey, we have grant money for you. Or like, hey, you should probably apply for these grants. And I'm like... We don't qualify. In my mind, the grant is just another way to say that we want to hire you to do something. And so I'm like, can we just change the verbiage instead of it being a grant that you're just hiring us, providing a contract? But then there's all that new stuff I'm learning, the legalese, right? I was going to dive into Uh, that for you, but you already read about it. The the legalese, I'm like, huh? I'm like, it's just money. Have you ever thought about having a fiscal sponsor? That's a, that's what we started trying to work towards, too. We started putting plays into either getting a fiscal sponsor or creating a foundation so that we can yeah. have that um, that benefit. Uh, so so that's one of the concerns. It's just uh, making more money to meet the increasing demands of our, our artists' financial requirements. Yeah. The other part is keeping the artists local, making them available. We have a lot of artists. They grow their skills here. And then they leave Sacramento as soon as they start building some type of clout in the industry. So they'll go on tour to go to all the West Coast 
uh, weekend dance festivals and then they'll yeah. go to the East Coast and then they'll start getting invitations to go overseas. And we're like, hey, we need you back for our stuff. <laughs> and they're like, oh, but you don't, like, I would love to. You guys gave me my start, but you don't have the money to, for me to support my needs. And we're like, uh. uh. So there's that money component again. But the other part, <laughs> The dancers specifically aren't seeing that there's more growth opportunity here for them in, in the yeah. city of Sacramento. And their minds are like, well, our product is our dance ability. Our product, if they're an instructor, is our ability to speak in the public setting, whether that's a studio or... So they're, they're like, well, we need to go to the bigger cities, L.A., New York, San Francisco, uh, Miami, uh, Chicago, if we want to really make it as some type of instructor or performer. What we've been trying to do is... Uh, kind of teach them more of the B2B side that they could provide. Oh, that's great. So, like, hey, if you're a group, if you're an instructor, you could actually use that as a and, and, and flip it into calling it a group facilitator. You could go into a, a, a company who needs to increase their team's uh, interactions, communications, and we'll do group facilitation through some type of dance class to break the mode, to break the ice between those team members so they want to interact more. And so we started That's learning good. some of the language of, hey, uh, uh, I'm not just a dance instructor or a dancer. I am. Actually, no, I help your business have better uh, interdepartment communication so that your projects get completed on time or earlier which helps you get more business. Some people have bought into it that like they have to realize that they that sometimes they can't just be an artist. They have to think like a business uh, businessman. And so going from that passion to profit thing, it's a big gap uh, or big bridge to cross. I mean, yeah. it's not very different than <laughs> when you're a professional ballet dancer. You have a season, but then you you're a guest artist over this other month. It's a grind. Yeah. You got to know, I mean, you got to know what your avatar is, Mm -hmm. right? This is who I am. This is my brand. This is what I'm good for. Plus, in the same uh, kind of sentence, you're thinking, I know these five ballets extremely well. I want to get hired for those. So it's a cakewalk for me. Yeah. Right? Like really well. Predictable revenue. Oh, my gosh. You're going to get a good review. (laughs) You'll be happy. I already know it. Yeah. You can trust me to perform. (laughs) But you're right. It takes time to understand how you have to do these things. Have have there been times you've doubted your path or vision? Talk about overcoming adversity. All the time. When I was starting in dance, I had a different mentality about it. I was just, I was selfish, meaning that I wanted to increase my skills, be the best dancer that I could be. So I consumed as much technique uh, classes. I consumed as much conceptual classes of, you know, how to present something on stage or group or how to speak in public. And then, um, and then I realized that as I was kind of getting hired to go on these international festivals that I hated actually being the one who's teaching a class (laughs) and I hate it I was like oh man this is so annoying I love dance people comment that I smile the most when I'm dancing so I want to stay in the world of dance but maybe my role in dance just has to change a little bit so I went from all right let me be the face instructor now let me maybe be the event promoter the one who, who plans these projects I didn't know it at the time like I was doing sales I was doing marketing in my mind, I was just like, well, I, I want to do this. We need, to, we want to do this. Who's willing to make the outreach and stuff? All right, I'll do it. Because I came from such a 
naive background. Yeah. I'm like a fresh breath of air to certain people. So I, I feel that I use that to my advantage. As an event promoter, we started getting traction. We went from one location into three different locations at the same season. And then from there, we started seeing our, our foot traffic going from 100 people to 300 to 500 people consistently, where it became a predictable attendance rate. We don't have to do it for ourselves anymore. People want us to be there because <laughs> the city wants us there because it helps them. But the people themselves, they're reaching out to us during off-season like, are you guys coming back for next year? Hey, I haven't noticed any posts or anything announcing that you'll be back on these certain dates. What's going on? So we noticed that it's no longer us. It's it's for other people. Yeah. And then I, I also started questioning. I'm like, well, this whole event planning thing, it, I'm over it too. <laughs> I felt like I would get very zoned in, try and learn as much as I can. As a dancer was, how do I be a better performer? And then as a promoter, how do I do more event management? And then like being able to speak in front of crowds. And now um, my my new direction has changed. I learned everything in 15 years. How do I pass that on to the next artist within one or two years and help them get ahead in terms of sales and marketing for themselves? Right. Um, like, for example, when you talked about the progression going from apprentice yeah. all the way up into principal, in my world, do people know what that roadmap looks like? If they don't know that, then they feel like, hey, I'm doing all this work, but it's no reason. And I'm going to leave Sacramento because I think L.A. has way more opportunity, but then they don't know the roadmap in L.A. It's a rat race, and I'm still trying to figure out my new role. It's going to keep changing, yeah, too. Right? Really. I'm realizing that myself. Obviously, oh. you have the professional dance background. You know, your resume speaks for itself, but then we were just talking about how you were on tour just promoting. How did that transition from being your daily lifestyle was, I need to go to class, I need to train, <laughs> and now you're like, oh, I got to do paperwork. When I was dancing, uh, I had a director. It was during the economic downturn. I think it was two, 2008. Was, um, she took a dual role, artist director, and she became the executive director also. I thought to myself, okay, if I want to be a director, I'm going to have to go to business school. Did she tell you that? Or no, you just not, you figured uh, it out I, from every... Okay. Yeah, because like, yeah. I could see she was like, you know, she's carrying around these... She's in rehearsal watching. Yeah, there's rehearsal directors to help things, but you're overseeing them. And she's going through the financials, and I'm like, okay... She's getting this, but she's struggling. I'm going to take every finance class there is. That's how it started. I switched companies, actually, and I became the second company director of Kansas City Ballet. At that time, Devin Carney was their assistant director and Jeff Bentley was the executive director. They both took me under their wing, which was great. All the things that are behind the curtain became unveiled. Because as an artist, you're not worrying about what happens back there. You said the marketing comes out. But they really started to just explaining even how they would go over contracts with people. By the time I came to Sacramento, I was at the spot where unless I was going to do it myself, I wasn't going to learn more. Believe it or not, it was a fairly easy transition. Obviously, there's ebbs and flows with the new people you're working with. Or like, I had never worked in a capital town before. You know, in the first meeting, they go, yeah, well, we will go to the city council. But well, I'm like, we're going to do what? (laughs) 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 Wait a second. Uh, I was used to going to foundations. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of uh, getting the roadmap of that and what's happening. But that was really kind of how it happened. It really happened because they took an interest in me. I hadn't actually known somebody else that went through that. So there's a second company director, uh, and the main company will have artistic director, and then there's two or three rehearsal directors. I've never been just just a rehearsal director, actually. I just skipped that, and it's because of them. That was the big thing. And you got to be open. 
that was also the other thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm sitting there in a meeting and I'm thinking, well, I would do this differently. I'm like, he got exactly what he wanted. You know, you got to be open to these suggestions, right? Or they're not just suggestions. You got to watch, right? Osmosis. Mm-hmm. You just got to be around and absorb. Can you kind of explain some of the challenges that you face in getting people to buy into the program that you're, you've developed here and what you, where you want to take it? And because I feel most people, they just think it's it's all business, like, hey, talk to them and try and get money of some sort, right? But then, like, when you mentioned going from foundations to the city council, th- that's a whole new it's, language, it's, whole it's, new interaction there. And can you kind of talk about things that people wouldn't expect would be different when you're going on tour, getting these organizations interested? I believe this to the deepest part of my body. Nationally, people know more about us than our city. And they're coming. But, from- but you say you don't go on tour. No, they hear about us. They watch tick, they, everything with wow. all our dancers post. They follow them. Wow. They, they, they go on Instagram, watch the videos. Nationally, we have a really good name. China, Japan, Colombia, Brazil, the Philippines, you name it, we get resumes from there now. Getting people to buy in here to realize, and I, I will say this out loud, most directors don't say this, we are good. We're actually very good for, for the budget that we have. To get people to know that here, that's one thing. I just need to find a way to make our dancers superstars. I said this in a rehearsal once. I'm like, I know, like, guys, it's hard. Like, you got to make sure you like, don't wear your pajamas to Trader Joe's because when you're in the bread house, someone's like, are you that guy? Right? And they're like, that's never happened to me. I'm like, that, that it, no, it has to happen to you. When you walk out, people have to know who you are. The route we're going to go now is, is showing, it's easy to go to a website and see the dancers from everywhere. Right? Mm-hmm. And we obviously hire people from here too. I mean, it's important to keep your hometown strong. We're going to start promoting, like, this person traveled from here to be in Sacramento. They're part of our economy. Yeah, yeah. There are some companies that do it really well. And it's amazing. They're the companies where the dancers come from everywhere. They retire from dancing and stay in that city. Hmm. They get so embedded in it that it becomes like this real home. Companies that haven't done it very well, a lot of them just leave. Like they're like, I'm retired. See you someday. Yeah. Have a good life. Yeah. But that's the next thing. On our website, you'll see, it's just, we're going to take new photos for the new season. Yeah. It was set down with Tony. Uh, it's Tony Wen, by the way. It was like, how do we break down the fourth wall, right? So I let the dancers wear whatever they want, and their body shot, their head shot. They get a personality shot. You can wear shoes. You can wear what you have on if you yeah. want to. If this is you, that's you. It's funny you said that, because when I was going through the company roster, I looked at their headshots, and one of your dancers has like a regular tee with a logo on it. I paused there. I was like, what the heck? This is different. <laughs> that actually goes in line with Visit Sacramento. Their whole branding of how they market Sacramento is that Sacramento is a rebel. Is that yeah. There's some foundational stuff that they pay homage to, but there's new stuff that kind of yeah. changes. It's a smaller city, obviously. So people are way more casual. If we embrace that, like, all right, so Sacramento tends to be a little bit more casual. That's awesome because I've gone to meetings with the city mayor, city managers, council members, mm-hmm. and I'm wearing Vans, shoes, and a tee. Yeah. And they're totally cool. With it. And I'm like, what the heck? Um, but I think if we incorporate that casualness, with sprinkling of this, like oh, fanciness, everyone's like, oh, okay, whoa, what? I, I think I think there's something there showing the people here, the customers here, hey, we're part of you. So I think it would be awesome if your company dancers are seen on the streets and they're just casually interacting. I, I think there's also mystique, this fog 
when it comes to seeing ballet dancers. The Latin dancers, they're like, oh, ball, they already have something against ballroom dancers. <laughs> and, they, and now they're like, oh, you're from ballet. Like, there's this thing where like, oh, because you have such a foundational training and more organized training. There's just this miscommunication going on there. On my side, as we like, hey, you know that person who you've been watching as a salsa dancer? They started in ballet and they're like, what? They do that quick entry because they're shocked that it could intermingle so easily. So when we show them that someone could just be dressed down and casual and they could be that high level person that you watch on stage, they're the same person. They're like, oh, they're a friend of mine that I could support. And they're not just that celebrity from far away. Yeah, I want them to see like how dancers operate. Like, they're just normal people that care a lot about something. Well, of course, like, when people are students, they're with it. They have a focus. Then you have a life. We were toying around, and we'll see if it comes out, with, like, who's your dancer? Because, I mean, some of our dancers are really good snowboarders, actually. You know? Yeah, but people yeah. would never know that. Some of them do salsa. Yeah. I, I can name a few who've been part of the company. We were actually thinking, like, well, let's put it out there to show that they're actually normal people. Yeah. That just function highly in this one area. Because that's the one thing I don't think they realize is, like, yes, their life revolves around it. They may have, like, a PhD in this thing, <laughs> you know, but they're still just normal people. And with the daily grind that everybody else has. And breaking that down, I think, is very important. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a reflection of the creative economy. It is. You know? And the yeah. thing is, is, this is an international thing. Dance is being made in Cape Town. It's being made in these amazing cities everywhere. And then just through media, now we're doing all this trading. Think about, like, bef before you could really post this many videos, how were, you'd have to fly across the world to see what's happening. Then you invite them. Now, I get links all the time. I don't know much about you. Do you have a social media presence? Like you uh, yourself? Oh, I like to be a mystery. Um, I can be the face of this thing. That's fine. But I want to be known for its product. The reason why I asked about the social media side too, not to use social media as just like, hey, here's a photo of rehearsal or anything like that, but to build the story of what goes into creating these programs, creating each show. We're seeing a lot more startup entrepreneurs. They're not even saying that they're awesome or anything. They're just like, we're trying to get some seed funding or whatever. And then I got rejected here. Here's why I got rejected. Oh, someone's interested. Here's why. So it's that storytelling. And then now it's building that interest of, I want to support your business now. Yeah. We yeah. do more of like, like have the dancers show yeah. Dan. You know what I mean? We do like Instagram takeovers and things like that. Mm. Just because, like I said, I want them to be superstars. Of course. Like, they're really, they're really awesome about it because they're waking up and they're like 630, <laughs> you know, like all the way to the end of the day. It's amazing. And I had no idea some of them go through this regimen in the morning just to get ready. But you live through it with them and like, yes, but I, I think people do support us. They watch that like, wow, yeah. this person got up at 630 a.m. Class is at 930. If, if the dancers do that, but they only do it one time, it doesn't hit enough. If, oh, they, if you're able they, to kind of yes. do that sustain throughout the season, the marketer is like, hey, the consumer needs to see it at least seven times before they even want to make a decision if they want to support it or go away. Not even to say they want to watch it. That, that repeated value, what we've been able to do with Dance on the X, we do such a basic, uh, if you look at our Instagram post, it's just, I use 10 second panning of the camera of the crowd. <laughs> and then I use very uh, short copy. So like 50 words or less usually. Yeah. And I just do that throughout the season and people just keep showing up. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, we just want to see the story of how this space is being filled up. Sacramento is known in the dance industry, Latin dance industry in the West Coast, as well as I think some of our, our friends in New York and uh, Florida, they could tell if you started dancing salsa or bachata in Sacramento. Mm. They could tell just by the way you interact with them and by your dance movements themselves. Oh, for sure. I mean, 
Our dancers are like the most friendly in the dance world. <laughs> I, I think it's the, it's no, the small town yeah, like small. vibes. Yeah. Like, what's yeah. up? You know? Oh, absolutely. Like, if they find five friends in, in three minutes, you know, like it's. I love I, it. Though. I think it's all the coffee shops and the breweries. National Choreographers Initiative. It's a thing they do in the summer, some of the dancers, but like, that's always so funny. They're like, we just keep inviting your people back because they're just the nicest ones ever. They come and like, how are you? What's your name? What's going on? It's so right. I think the city does it to them. Creativity in the Capital is a production of the Solving Sacramento Journalism Collaborative, hosted by me, Casey Rafter. This episode's intro and outro music is by Celia St. Croix. Celia's music is available on Spotify or any streaming platform. Solving Sacramento is supported by funding from the James Irvine Foundation and Solutions Journalism Network. Our partners include California Groundbreakers, Cap Radio, Outward, Russian American Media, Sacramento Business Journal, Sacramento News and Review, Sacramento Observer, and Univision 19. This conversation has been edited for length, clarity, and flow.